0: God cannot give us a happiness and a peace apart from himself because it is not there. There is no such thing. God cannot give us a happiness and peace apart from himself because it's not there. There is no such thing. How do we find happiness and peace in our lives in spite of what's going on in our lives, in spite of the difficulties? How do those people who were victims in the terrorist atrocities this week, how do they find peace and happiness in their lives? They're not going to find it in everyday life anymore. Things have have tragically gone wrong. What about in our families? You know, when things are difficult, things are hard. Where do we find happiness and peace? C.S. Lewis is basically saying this. He says basically, no God, there's no peace. But to know God... Means you can know peace, okay? So no God, no peace. No God, no peace. That's God giving a call there. Happy Mother's Day to you. <laughs> it's okay. Just you can't come again. I'm sorry. Sorry. That's the rule of the church. It's in the constitution. say <laughs> It's okay. Don't worry about it. No God, no peace. No God, no peace. How do we know peace in the midst of difficulties? In the midst of problems, I want us to consider a mother in the Bible this morning and look at what's happening in the life of this woman and sort of apply some of these things to our own lives. So, we're going to look this morning at Exodus 2 1 to 10. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. So, we've got Exodus 2 1 to 10. Let me read this to you. Exodus 2, 1 to 10. It says, And the man of the house of Levi went and took his wife, a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, daubed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, And laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river. And her maidens walked along the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him, and the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. So she called his name Moses, saying, "Because I drew him out of the water." So what's going on here? A little bit of background to what's happening here. The, the Hebrews were slaves in Egypt, and they were growing um, quite rapidly, numerous in numbers. And so the Pharaoh decreed that all the male children born to the Hebrew women should just be thrown into the river and drowned in order to stop them growing because he was worried and anxious that they may become so plentiful that actually they may take over the land. So that was the plan, get rid of all the male children. The, the female uh, children, they could stay, but the rest had to be got rid of. But what we find in this story is a Hebrew mum who hides her child up until the point that she could hide him no longer. And then she decides, what am I going to do? And it said in verse 2 there, it says, when she saw he was a beautiful child, she hid him. It made me laugh a little bit when I read that. Because I thought, what if he's an ugly child? What's she going to do there, just throw him in the river? Nah, just get rid of him anyway. No, she saw he was a beautiful child. She hid him. Now, you know, all, all parents believe their children are beautiful. Isn't that the case? All parents think their children are the best. Isn't that the case? Of course, it's not true. My children are the best. Yeah, Yours are okay, but mine are the best. But all parents think their children are beautiful. But you know something? When a child is born... They don't look like this, do they? they? They look like this a little time afterwards, a little a bit like Matt and Kim's little one. If you look, she's gorgeous. They're beautiful, but when a baby's first they look—they look like this. They look like aliens, <laughs> don't they? I remember. I remember when. Um, I remember when we were at the hospital, and all i have probably told. I've probably used this one before, but I'll tell you again because she might be visiting. But uh, you know all. Me and Kath, we've got three children, and all our children were born by caesarean section. And I always say it didn't affect them negatively, apart from when I stop the car, they try and climb out the sunroof. But other than that, they're normal children. But I remember when Josh was born, and I was behind the other the screen. There was a screen because she was having a, a section, and I was there with Kath. And is this been recorded? It is, isn't it. And. Uh, So I was there with Kath hand, and then suddenly they produced this little alien thing that was covered in, in gunk and everything and they're like, you've got a little boy and I was like, great, take it away and wash it, give it a good wash, stick a little hat on it and bring it back to me, I don't want to be touching that thing. You know, seriously, man, it was the same for all three of them, I'm not picking on Josh, but man, you know, not beautiful, but she says... Her child was beautiful, so she hid him. All mothers think their children are beautiful and want to protect them, want to look after them. It's a maternal instinct, isn't it, to protect their child, to defend them. And that doesn't stop at a certain age, does it? You know, for mothers... It continues all throughout your child's life. You want what's best for them. You want to look after them. You want to protect them and defend them. You know, I used to work in a a secondary school with Stuart Hacking. Stuart was here last Sunday evening preaching. And he'll tell you the same story. You know, the kids, some of the kids at school, they were a nightmare. Absolute nightmare. Caused all kinds of havoc and trouble, disobedient, unruly. But when you got their parents in, you'd think the parents were talking about a little angel that they had, because they would defend their child to the hilt, even though you got all this evidence that they've been a nightmare, they still say, not my son, no, he would never do anything like it. he would never swear at a teacher, he would never pick up a chair and throw it at another student, he would never, little angel, protecting your child, and mothers have this instinct to protect their children, and what we find is here, she hides her beautiful child for three months. Until she can hide the baby no longer. And she thinks, what am I going to do now? And the Bible tells us that she placed this child in a basket. That's where we get Moses' basket from. You would have known that anyway. You buy a Moses' basket for your child. And they placed the child in the River Nile. Now just think, if you are that mother at that point, how you would feel. How you feel about having to let your child go. You maybe experienced that yourself as a mother and a father, letting your child go. Someone asked me this morning, How, how's Beth doing at university? And uh, I have said she's doing really well. It was really hard letting them go. Just letting them be and finding out their own way. But sometimes we have to let our children go. Sometimes it's because they leave home and go to university. Sometimes they get married. Sometimes they wander away from faith. Somewhere else, we're going to talk a bit about that this morning. But you've got to let your child go. And what do you do when you let your child go? Well, maybe for this child's mum, all she could do is commit this child to God. Say, God, be with my son, be with my daughter. Just watch over them, protect them, keep them as they go off and do their own thing. Now, it's interesting in the New King James Version, it doesn't have this in every version. The word sort of translated there, uh, basket, um, can rightly be translated ark, as it translates it in the New World Translation. New World Translation, that's the Jehovah's Witness Bible. What am I talking about? The New King James Version. New King James Version. Don't read the New World Translation. New King James Version. It translates the Hebrew word ark, and the, the Hebrew word is tevah. And apparently it's only used in two places, this word tevah. For Ark, the first time it's used is there, where we think of the word Ark Noah's Ark. What happened in the story of Noah's Ark? In order to be saved, in order to be protected from the coming wrath, people had to get into the Ark to be protected from what was happening. We have the same word used for Moses. He was placed in an Ark, a little basket. Put on the river. The ark was on the river. Save people from getting drowned. There you have Moses in the ark being saved from being drowned. You can see, you know, the Bible's just amazing, isn't it? How it links together and fits together. But you know, we have a different type of ark as well that we need to be aware of this morning. And that is Jesus Himself. You know, Jesus is our safety. Just as you had to get in the boat to be saved, Noah's time. To to flee from the coming wrath. So Moses, in order to be saved, was put in the little ark and protected. And so we too need to be in Jesus to be protected. He is our ark. This is what Jesus said. I am the gate. It might say a door in another translation. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. Whoever enters through me, through Jesus. Jesus is the New Testament ark. The place of safety. This is where we need to go. If you're not in Jesus this morning, then you need to come to Jesus for salvation, for protection. Moses, this little child, was placed in an ark in a little boat, a little place of protection to look after him. And he was sent off down the river. And by God's providence... This little ark is seen by one of Pharaoh's daughters. And she has a maid go and collect this child. You know, when our, ch- our children are out of our hands, we have to place them in God's hands. We keep our children in prayer. We pray that God will bring people into their life that will influence them for good. This was maybe Moses' mother's prayer Lord, I'm sending him off. I don't know what's going to happen, but I commit him to you and I pray you will protect him and look after him. That's what we have to do for our children sometimes. Place of safety. But, you know, I want us to think about this for a moment because I said I was going to mention about mothers and others. You know, the, the, the little ark is sent down the river and it's found by Pharaoh's daughter who is going to become a mother to Moses you know sometimes we can be a mother in lots of different ways or a father in lots of different ways you might not actually have children of your own who call you mother but many of you in this church I know work with children week in and week out and you are like a mother to them you watch over them you help them you guide them maybe you protect them You know, we need to thank God for those who God places in the lives of our children to stay them in a right way. I remember um, around about, maybe about six years ago now, five, six years ago, I remember Beth having a hard time at school. She She had a few friends, but none of them were Christians, and they were getting to an age where they were getting into all kinds of other things, and Beth was really struggling. I remember Beth coming home one day and saying to me, you know, that, this girl who she was a friend with said to her, well, look, the only reason you're a Christian is because your parents are Christian. And uh, I said, well, maybe she's making a good point, you know, brought you up in a Christian family. But she's also got to concede the reason she's not a Christian is because her parents are not Christian as well. That's why she's not. You see, we have parental responsibility. We need people in our lives that's going to steer us in the right way. And Beth came home and said, Dad, I need... I just need a good, a good Christian friend. And I remember it was a Sunday afternoon. We were talking about it. We prayed. And the next morning, she met someone who she's best friends with still today. And spent time with last week. Just amazing how God answers our prayer. God does want to answer our prayers for our children. If your children are way adrift from God, pray that God sends good people into their life. Right people. If our children aren't listening to us anymore... Then pray someone will come into their life who they will listen to. Who is a godly influence upon them. We need God's protection. God's direction. We thank God for his provision. And he provided for the child's mother here by having him found by Pharaoh's daughter. And then what happens? Within hours, we don't really know. Maybe days, we're not sure. She not only has her son back, this mother, but she's getting paid to look after him. That's our God, that. That's our God who works things out for us. This mum who's you're momentarily in despair, having to give up her child to the water, suddenly receives, after praying to God, and look after him, receives him back, and she's paid for it. First ever child tax credit, maybe. You know, there she is. God does over and above what we ask Him. And I know for some of you guys here today, you've got children who maybe wandered away from faith. You maybe got children who you despair about, you're sort of anxious for, but you keep praying for them. You pray, Lord, work in their life. Lord, bring something about in their life that will draw them back to You. There's many for a variety of reasons. Are not mothers, but we come under the category of others. There's a great little verse in the Bible that I came across this week. It's Romans 16, 13. This is the, the Apostle Paul speaking. He says at the end of Romans 16, he says, Greet Rufus, Rufus was actually the son of Simon of Cyrene, who carried the cross of Jesus. Uh, Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, also his mother, who has been a mother to me as well. I love that. It's that little thing you can miss in the Bible sometimes when you're just reading through it. You know, greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, also his mother, who has been a mother to me as well. Others are very important. Pharaoh's daughter was going to be a foster mother. She adopted the child. We can be a mother or indeed a father to a child that is not ours. We can influence them for good. Praise God that we're a church that does that in lots of different ways with lots of different kids. I know we do that. Uh, The other week I was down in Cambridgeshire and I stayed with a a guy down there who used to be the head teacher of a primary school in Bradford. And he and his wife have got two daughters. They're both out of the home now living their own lives. Uh, But they've decided in in their late 50s, I think they are, to uh, foster three children. So when I stayed there, they had three little kids running around the house causing havoc. These three little kids, they were six, seven, and eight, um, all siblings. And um, they told me some of the background of the kids and the difficulty. Um, you know, mum's just not on the scene whatsoever. Uh, Father, sort of a, a drug addict, you know, they're fostering these kids. But you know what a blessing it was to see them looking after these kids and placing really nice, good things in their lives. You know, they're acting like a mother and a father to those children. Before I left, they said to the little girl who's Amelia, she was the oldest one, she's eight. Uh, Richard just said to her, do you want to pray for Tony before he goes? And she came and she put a hand on my shoulder and she prayed with me. And the little boy, he, he was a bit shy. He got under the table and he just had his hand on my knee while they were praying for me. I thought I don't know how long they're going to have these kids but they're acting like a good mother and a good father to them. Others we're living in a time now where we need to be others in people's lives don't we? Many children with absent mums, with absent dads we need to stand in the gap and pray for these kids and help them you know I've been called many things in my life as you you might imagine But one of the nicest things I was ever called was uh, by a a mum who was visiting her child. Was doing kids club, going visiting, home visiting. And she said to me, she said, Tony, you're like a community dad. I love that little phrase, like a community dad. You're just going around visiting all these kids. We need to be community mums, community dads. So if you're not a mother today in the sense of you have your own children... You're an, another who God is using and can use for his glory. I remember not long being a Christian. And um, there was a mother in the church where I attended who, be, who was like my mother. She was, you might have known her. She was called Carol Hattersley. It was Nev, Nev Hattersley's mum. She was like a mother to me. She invited me around the house. She'd feed me. She'd look after me and make sure I was walking in faith. She was amazing to me. She was one of these people who had been a mother to me as well. So this Mother's Day, all you ladies have received flowers. And you should receive flowers. Because perhaps you're all a mother to somebody. You're all a mother to somebody. The mother in our story here, the mother of Moses, had to trust God with the child's future. And that is so hard as a parent and as a mom. Her child was to grow and live in a world not of her own choosing. This child was going to grow up in Egypt. That's the equivalent of our children deciding to leave us and go and live in the world. But God was still with Moses in Egypt. And God is still with our children in the world. They move away, but God remains. God can be on their case. God won't let them go. God wants them to come back. Some of us will have children in Egypt. They may have turned their backs on God. They may be enticed by the world of shimmering lights. And as they leave us, it can be incredibly hard. And maybe this morning it's hard for you because your children are not with the Lord Jesus. But we pray to God. We commit them to God as Moses' mother did. So this child, who they named Moses, grew up in a foreign land. But he never ceased to be a Hebrew. Never ceased to remember his roots. When the time was right, he returned to deliver his people from Egypt. And that's my prayer for those of us this morning who maybe got prodigals. And we say, Lord, bring them back. They may never forget what we've instilled in them. They maybe came to Sunday school and they maybe came to brigades. You maybe taught them the Bible as they grew up and then they decided for whatever reason to wander away but the Lord can bring them back. We say, Lord, protect them. Lord, deliver them. Lord, bring them home. There's um, a hymn that we, we know very well. And I just want us, as I'm coming to a a close this morning, just to think about these words. Because how do we find happiness? How do we find peace as a mother, as a father, as a family? We can't find it without God. We can't find true lasting peace and happiness without God. We need Him in our lives. As mothers, we need to give our children to God. They're going to disappoint us. They're going to upset us. They're not going to live how we want them to live. They're not going to follow what we want them to follow, perhaps. So we just keep giving them to God. And when we give our situations, our anxieties, our worries to God, He gives us His peace. We commit them to Him. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Friends, this morning, if you are struggling with an issue relating to your children, if you're upset this morning rather than happy that it's Mother's Day, if you need peace, if you need Jesus to help you in your life, I want to give you an opportunity to receive that this morning. So we're going to invite the band to come back up. And they're going to lead us in a song. But I want to just pray something before we sing. And this morning, we can ask the prayer team to come to the front. If you want prayer over any situation, anything i said that you think, I just want people to pray about that for me, then I want you to come to the front and receive prayer this morning. We need to give God our worries, our concerns, our stresses. And here's a little prayer for us this morning Jesus, you are with me. I share each anxious thought with you. I am not alone. You understand. Here I will shelter safe in your love, held by your grace, freed by your truth. Thank you, Jesus that you are with me. So as we sing this final song together, if you would like prayer, come down to the front and I'll close with prayer. Our service this morning. Father God, we thank you that this morning we can call you Father. We belong to you. We know you as our Father, Heavenly Father. We just thank you that you want to help us and be with us in all that happens in our lives. And Lord, I just pray for all mothers here this morning. Pray for those who are having a wonderful time being a mother. I just thank you and bless you for them, Lord. I pray also, Lord, for those who are struggling to be a mother this morning. Maybe, again, it's just hard work. Maybe tired, stressed, anxious, worried about children, relationships, finance, whatever it might be. Father, I pray that they'll come to you. And they'll just give themselves to you and their situations to you. Just like we we just heard in the story this morning of the child's mother having to let him go. Help us to let these things go and give them to you. For only then can we know peace. Only then can we know true happiness. Only then can we see you answer our prayers. So Father, I pray for mothers who are struggling this morning. I pray, Lord, for mothers here who are spiritual mothers to people to children, to family members. They, they play the role of a mother. And Lord, thank you for the importance of them. And I pray, Lord, they'll see the, the, the good that they're doing, that, Lord, you will help them to see how valued they are and how you're using them in people's lives. Lord, we just thank you for those. But, Lord, we come before you as a community of believers this morning knowing that only true peace and happiness comes through a relationship with Jesus. And we pray this morning that none of us will go from this place not knowing who He is. Not accepting Him. Not coming before Him and, and, and seeking Him out and, and acknowledging our need of a Savior because we're sinners. We're lost without Him. Lord, we pray this morning, come and visit us with salvation, Lord. And Father, we pray that this day will be a blessed day for each one of us. Thank You for the weather. It does make a difference, Lord, when the sun's shining. But may we leave this place knowing your love for us, your concern for us. And we pray, Father God, as we give everything to you this week, our burden will be lighter as we see you work in our lives. So, Father, bless us now and watch over us. So, Lord, we pray particularly and, and, and bless those who are preparing for baptism next week. We think of Epsy and, and Roman and Amy Father, we pray that they'll just be excited about next week. And we pray again, Lord, you just visit us next week with your Holy Spirit in this place. So we might bring glory and honor to you. For we pray all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. If you'd like prayer, there's still opportunities for that down here at the front. Come forward. Otherwise, stay behind. Have some fellowship. And uh, thank you so much for being here this morning.